Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry. Lee Lonsberry. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Uh, in case you haven't noticed, uh, we've got something pretty big going on here in Utah. Tomorrow night, Salt Lake City, specifically the campus of the University of Utah, will play host to what some are arguing to be the most important vice presidential debate in American history. Y'all remember what happened last Tuesday. Uh, It feels like an eternity ago. So much has happened to the news since then. Uh, But uh, we may we may have gotten a taste of what the presidential debates will be like. And if you ask yourself at the end of uh, at least last Tuesday's debate, well, what did I come away learning? What did I learn about the candidates in terms of uh, the future uh, or in terms of their policy positions? It's difficult to come away uh, and say that you learned something you either you didn't know uh, beforehand or uh, weren't able to glean from a website. Uh, well, tomorrow may be different. I believe it'll be different. You have two fundamentally different people uh, with two fundamentally different uh, methods of communication. There are many other reasons I believe that tomorrow will be important. Uh, but before I rattle those all off, uh, why don't we welcome our guest, uh, John Hudak, is the senior fellow at the Brookings Institute. And he has written a fascinating piece that caught my eye just yesterday. The headline reads, The Most Important Vice Presidential Debate in American History. John, welcome to the program. Lee, thanks for having me. T- tell me why tomorrow's debate is so important. You know, most uh, vice presidential debates are pretty boring affairs. Uh, they have a set of attacks that come from the running mates who, uh, you know, perform in front of a much smaller audience than the presidential debates. Uh, but right now, questions about presidential succession, the president's health, really put into, spot, uh, into the spotlight what the vice president's most important job is, and that is to be ready to be to become president at any moment. And we've never had a vice presidential debate in the backdrop of a critically ill or seriously ill president, uh, but we have that now. Are there also considerations on the on the Joe Biden side? He, uh, you know, not a young man himself. Are we looking at both of the vice presidential candidates uh, and, and asking ourselves, could I see myself, uh, uh, you know, living in a land where that individual is the president? Yeah, that's going to be absolutely essential for voters tomorrow night is to recognize that the 2020 election features the two oldest presidential nominees in American history uh, facing off against each other. Uh, The president, of course, has COVID, a virus that has killed over 210,000 Americans. Uh, Mr. Biden, who's about four years older than Mr. Trump, uh, has had his own health problems uh, in his in his lifetime. And so 
It is more important than ever to look at the vice presidential debate, realizing, as macabre as it is, uh, that we might be looking at the next president uh, on that stage, and that person might become president uh, sooner than uh, you know a future presidential election. How do you how do you predict the the two vice presidential candidates will respond to this responsibility, which I believe it is. They, they both uh, know that while many voters have made up their mind already, there still is a pool out there uh, undecided, and uh, you know earning the support of that undecided pool may fall to the shoulders of the vice presidential candidates. Yeah, I think for a lot of voters, they looked at the debate last week between Mr. Trump and Mr. Biden, and they didn't really see what they wanted to see. Um, they saw a president who was interrupting a lot. <laughs> that may be an uh, they saw a <laughs> Yes. They saw a vice president who was uh, getting uh, a bit angry at times. Uh, sorry, a former vice president who was getting a bit angry at times. And there wasn't really a substantive policy discussion. Uh, there wasn't that type of, uh, you know, meat and bones kind of conversation that voters can say, oh, OK, that's what that person stands for. That's the direction that um, this candidate will take the country in. Uh, Mr. Pence and Ms. Harris have an opportunity to do what uh, Trump and Biden didn't do last week. And and that's not something that's not a position that vice presidential candidates are typically in. You used a phrase in your article, which I've shared on my Facebook page and invite anyone listening to go read this. It's a wonderful article. Uh, You you say that, quote, in many ways, Mr. Pence and Ms. Harris are uniquely suited to do what the president could not uh, could not in the first debate, be the adult in the room and one who demonstrates strength and compassion simultaneously. Uh, why are they able to do what uh, what didn't happen last Tuesday? You know, starting with with Mr. Pence, uh, he's obviously a very different personality than the president is. He's uh, a calmer person. Uh, He has had his moments as vice president and as governor uh, where he has had to be the person doing the consoling. Uh, He is a deeply religious person, uh, someone who has empathy uh, in his uh, in his capacity. And Americans are looking for that right now. They're looking for a leader who understands what the country is going through and uh, is working uh, tirelessly, uh, but with sympathy uh, toward getting us to a better place. And for Senator Harris, too, uh, she is someone who uh, can be as fierce and as aggressive as any politician in America, but she's also someone who prides herself in being a mother, uh, being a wife, uh, and being uh, a person who's an integral part of her family and her extended family. And I think Americans right now, they always want a fighter in their president or their vice president, but they also want someone who's reliable, who's a rock, who understands their their concerns and their issues. And I think Pence and Harris can do that tomorrow night. I made reference to a pool of voters who may uh, yet be undecided. That 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 pool, uh, I believe, is very small. Do, do you agree that there is uh, a certain sector of the population here in the United States that is watching or that will be watching the debate tonight and will use it to inform their voting decision in November? Yeah, I think there is obviously a very small percentage of voters who are undecided. Uh, they are likely either going to be watching the debate uh, or they will be uh, watching commentary about the debate. Right. And you never know when a voter's mind is going to switch or when they're going to come to that position. Now, 
truth be told, I don't know how you look at the two candidates that we have and are still undecided. They are so drastically different uh, in their policy positions, uh, in their approach to leadership and to the office. Uh, and it seems to me uh, the clearest choice we've ever had uh, between two candidates. And uh, But alas, that tends to tell me that voters are looking not for a reason to vote for someone, but really a reason to vote against another ticket uh, if you haven't been sold by now. Uh, and so part of the job of these vice presidential candidates are going to be to speak to those voters and probably to show the weaknesses in the other ticket. Um, maybe that's an easier uh, task for the non-incumbent ticket, uh, the, the Harris-Biden ticket. Uh, but alas, we're at a point where there's still seven to nine percent of the American public that hasn't made up their mind. And we've got, you know, four weeks to go. And looking at some polls that have, you know, the race closer than others and then considering margin of error, that remaining seven to nine percent may be uh, the, the, you know, the pool that decides who occupies uh, the the White House come January. Uh, John Hudak, thank you for your time. Thank you for your writing here again. Uh, senior fellow at Brookings Institute. I am appreciative uh, for your time. Please, thanks a lot. Thank you. Uh, All right. We're going to take a break in in, in just a moment here, but let me just sum up some of my thoughts here. There is, in fact, a good reason to be paying special attention to the debate, uh, which will originate from the University of Utah uh, just tomorrow evening. We are going to see, I believe, uh, the two adults in the room. And that's not a knock on anyone uh, necessarily. I do uh, come away from last Tuesday's debate uh, very disappointed. I think that uh, I, I think that we uh, were not well served as voters. I believe that both candidates for the vice presidential position, I think they understand that. And I think that they will take seriously their responsibility uh, to communicate the position of their party, of their ticket, uh, and of themselves as they try to make the case to voters. I will be looking uh, for exactly that. I hope you uh, do the same. But let me open the phone lines. Uh, 801-575-TALK. 801-575-8255. I want to hear what you have to say about this question. Is tomorrow's vice presidential debate uh, here in Utah, is it possibly the most important vice presidential debate in American history? 801-575-8255. I'll talk to you after the break. I'm Lee Lonsberry. This is KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your voice, your vote. The presidential debates. Special coverage on Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. My invitation to you is to get on the phone. Give me a call. I would like to speak with you, and I have a question uh, I'd like you to answer. It is, do you consider... Do you consider the vice presidential debate, which will take place in Utah tomorrow, do you believe that we could look at that as the most important vice presidential debate in American history? 
Now, before before you call me and answer, think about this. Can you really remember much of any previous vice presidential debate? Do you remember when Sarah Palin got up? Uh, I, I am having a hard time. I don't remember very well the vice presidential debates of the past, and, and yet uh, I still am fairly confident that uh, we are tomorrow facing, uh, if not the one of the most important vice presidential debates in American history. The number is 801-575-8255, 801-575-8255. In just a moment, uh, we're going to get to that. I do need to share with you some of the coronavirus numbers, though, that just uh, came out. There has been an increase in positive cases reported from yesterday uh, to 716. 716 cases from yesterday. Uh, there were about 9,400 individuals tested. And the rolling seven-day average uh, for positive tests is just north of 1,000, 1,035. And then this all-important number, which we have been following very, very closely uh, over the past number of weeks since we have uh, commenced this new spike around the state is the rolling seven-day average for percent of positive laboratory tests. Today, it stands at 13.8%. I've been tracking uh, the th- this percentage over the past week and a half or so, and I can tell you that it has not moved uh, much more than like two-hundredths of a percent, uh, two-tenths of a percent, rather. Uh, and so 13.8 is right along this trend. Now, uh, trend, I, I probably shouldn't use that word. As Dr. Angela Dunn has taught us, uh, a trend, you really need to look at two weeks worth of data. So hopefully, hopefully we are able to either plateau or move in the other direction uh, when two weeks transpire since the spike and we can uh, get on path to to clearing this thing up. Now, uh, in addition to the numbers being released, uh, just moments uh, before today's COVID-19 numbers were released. You heard uh, this reported by Maria Chaleos just a a moment ago that Salt Lake City Mayor Aaron Mendenhall has requested that uh, Salt Lake uh, City be moved to the orange uh, or moderate restriction phase. Right now, as things stand, there are only two municipalities in the state of Utah which are under orange right now. Now, that is Provo City and Orem City, uh, and it is now up to the Department of Health and ultimately the governor uh, to grant this move for uh, Mayor Mendenhall, uh, you know, if they agree with her assessment of things. She uh, shared a long statement, and we'll certainly comb through that later on, but I don't want to leave people on hold too long. Again, the question is, the question is, is tomorrow's vice presidential debate the most important vice presidential debate in history. We'll start with a conversation with Tammy from Sandy. Tammy, how are you? Hey. What do you think? What do you think about the importance of tomorrow night's debate? Well, I think I'm thinking about what you said about uh, you don't remember a lot of pre- a vice presidential debate debates, but I kind of think when I'm looking back on this, President Obama gave uh, Biden a much larger role in the government and what he did than most presidents did before that. And I think that that uh, could have changed, uh, you know, the role of uh, the VP. I think that uh, is part of the reason that this is more important, at least to me it is. 
I think as far as the health, I mean, I think that, you know, I don't think just because you're 70-something years old, you're, you know, going to drop dead any minute. I mean, that's getting kind of ridiculous. I know people that are, you know, in their 80s and 90s that are perfectly coherent and, in, you know, fairly good shape. And as far as the two go, I do think that Biden is in much better shape than Trump is, if you look at, you know, that. Um but it's important that whoever is vice president would be able to take over, uh, you know, the right. presidency. Actually, in any year, that would be, you know, have been important. And I, I want to make one more point, too. Please. I don't think that the uh, presidential debate can actually be uh, necessarily blamed on Joe Biden. I think he did the best he could under the circumstances. And I hope that the next one, he, he and... Trump would will actually he'll have a chance to talk and Trump will actually say something about the issues rather than what's been going on you know what what happened at that debate I am so eager to hear from the the Commission on Presidential Debates they made it known not too long ago that they may be uh, altering the format a, a bit of the remaining two presidential debates uh, to try and you know facilitate uh, more of just what you described there a communication of policy uh, and plans for the future I'm very much looking forward to to what they have to say I'm also looking forward to the the town hall style uh, format of the debate on the 15th and, and should it happen you know pending Trump's health and all uh, I think it'll be a fascinating look and hopefully not a repeat performance of what we saw last Tuesday. I, I, don't, I don't excuse either candidates. Let me, before I let you go, Tammy, ask you one final question. Uh, and, and don't reveal this if you're not comfortable, but uh, uh, if, you, if you don't have your mind made up, is there uh, something you'll be looking for uh, uh, tomorrow that could make up your mind uh, in terms of who you support for president and vice president, uh, or if you you do have your mind made up, can you imagine any scenario in which your mind would be changed tomorrow? Well, I have to be honest with you at this point. Uh, to me, the president is more important than the vice president. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I think, you know, you've got to have a good vice president. Right. Um, and at this point, I am leaning toward voting Democrat. I'm an independent. But I, at this point, I don't see a lot that's going to change my mind because I've been watching for the last almost four years. And, you know, I don't like what's happened. I don't like, you know, how things have gone. I don't like lying. I don't like, there's a lot of things I haven't liked in this administration. So it would be hard for me to change my opinion, but I guess anything's possible. Well, we'll have to leave it at that. Tammy, thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling in. Uh, Tammy from Sandy. Uh, so th- that's the question. If you want to weigh in, we still have a, a few moments left. Five seven five eight two five five is the number. Also, five seven five zero zero is the uh, the Utah Community Credit Union text line. I'd uh, I'd love to hear what you have to say there. Um, I I, uh, I, I, I men- made mention earlier today that I have a hard time uh, looking back in history and and remembering. A vice presidential debate. I mean, I could name for you the vice presidents, but uh, closing my eyes and, and picturing them on the debate stage, I have a hard time uh, seeing that. I did get a, a good reminder, though, uh, from a texture here. It says, quote, I definitely remember the insulting remarks from the Democrat candidate 
uh, towards Vice President Dan Quell saying that he was, quote, no President Kennedy. I thought it was beneath him, and I don't even remember the candidate's name. He lost anyway. That's the point made by one texter. Sure, that is a line that uh, that I suppose uh, you, you can you can remember. Uh, and I also, I guess, if I strain, I can I can remember a bit of uh, Sarah Palin on the uh, debate stage. Anyway, uh, I'm going to take a break right now. Please continue to weigh in five seven five zero zero. We're going to take a, a break right now, and when we come back. Uh, I, I want to share with you an idea which is being uh, described as a pink recession. A pink recession. The assertion is that the economic downturn brought on by the COVID virus has disproportionately impacted females and mothers and women in the workplace. We'll look at the data and we'll look at some experiences next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.